Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think I've uh, my wife had a baby since the last time we talked. So, uh, yeah, life is life is good. We're adjusting to a newborn over here, and uh, yeah, it's uh, such a blessing. Very uh, happy time of life. Nice. How many is that for you? Like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper by the dozen, right? Isn't the guy from Cheaper by a Dozen? He, isn't he like a software engineer or something? I think he is. In the in the movie, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I think he's a football coach. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, huh. I don't know. Where, yeah, no, but there I'm, might be another uh, movie is, similar. This is uh, number three for us, so I feel like uh, I feel like it gets easier with each one. You're like you just know what to expect and all that. Well, congrats. It's a. And the reason I ask is because you have three that are young too, and I'm just kind of yes. joking that there's twelve. But it's like all of mine are older than yours, and and you have three like relatively tightly packed, right? So your yep, oldest yep. is five. Uh, she is four. See, yep. oh yeah, <laughs> so even <laughs> even even tighter packed than I thought. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they'll grow up to be good friends and good enemies as well once they uh get a bit older how yeah, uh, how yeah. are things with you uh good i don't know it's just rolling uh quarter quarter just started so uh kind of this uh people are probably tired of me mentioning the word okrs but that's what happens <laughs> and end of quarter end of month uh, type of thing just had a team meeting today um I've done a lot of hiring, so we've got a few new people. Um, one of them even doesn't start till next week. But uh, in st- we typically, when someone joins, we do like a whole bunch of async videos, in- introductions. Like everyone can just mm-hmm. kind of say hi, explain a little bit about themselves, and we'll just drop those into Slack. But um, we had two that were coming on, but it was close to the team meeting, so... One of the guys that's starting next week, we just invited him to the team meeting ahead of time if he could make it, which he did. And then another guy started maybe two weeks ago. So it was like, hey, you're close enough to the team meeting. Let's just do all the intros there. So um, big, happy team meeting of there were 18 people on the call. So Wow. You guys just keep growing over there, eh? Yeah. I'm, there's plenty to do. There's always lots to do, so. <laughs> More, more hands exciting. make make lighter work, right? Yeah, yeah. More hands make lighter work, and more work for the management, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, good, good. Cool. So, so what do you want, uh, what did you want this week? Oh, sorry. Uh, you oh, you, you know, you have something. Beat you, beat you to your line. Sorry. Yeah, you beat me to it. It's all good. Um, I think this today we're going to talk about an idea that you had uh, as another spinoff for Product Sonar. Um, but I did want to report on our topic from last week. We talked a bit about uh, contractors and uh, giving some pricing information for them. And so I, I did kick off a little experiment to, to see okay. if that would work. Um, so this is just to recap, this was like the pivot suggestion of like, because you already have all this data and almost mm-hmm. like, could you basically sell this data to a different party? Because your original selling party is to... The hardware store so they could do competitive pricing analysis mm-hmm. and then we're like hey well who are there many more of and uh 
And that, that could also make use of this data on the other side of the equation. And this is where the idea to basically try to sell it to contractors, the people that are buying the most uh, amount of yeah. hardware materials, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, just kicked off like a really simple email newsletter uh, type of thing, patched it together with some Google Forms and a couple of Facebook ads, and uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. See uh, okay. how much interest comes out of that. When did you when did you kick that off? Um, so I was doing I was fiddling with it last week, and then today this morning I uh, kicked off the ads. So we'll see nice. uh, see what happens there. What's in your copy? What's your what's your uh, how are you attracting them in those ads? Yeah, yeah. So I started. I, I went to Facebook Ad Manager, and I was like, "Ah, oh, how hard can this be?" Right, um, <laughs> and. Uh, it's hard to fit all of your uh, content into one of those Facebook ads. They're pretty small. Like they give you a pretty small area um, mm-hmm. and it's easy to get, like people are just scrolling, right? So you got to really jump out. And I think I put a question on there, like want to know uh, where it's the cheap, what, where it's the cheapest or something like that. And like a big picture of like some lumber or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on some of the, the taller ones, you know, you can get the story, um, like the full screen story ones uh, when you're going through your Facebook stories. Okay. Um, I think on there I put like, you know, free email newsletter, something or another, uh, that sort of thing. Okay, cool. So that's rolling. There's money behind it. It's just like driving them to a Google form and seeing what you, what you can catch in your net. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I just did it for areas that I'm already collecting data for. So, that way, at least it'll be cheap if I get a bunch of pe- a couple of people that sign up, so I don't have to, you know, start scraping a new area just for, you know, one or two people. Right. No, that's smart. So, that's the nice advantage of all these ad tools. It can be extremely targeted, right? So. Yeah. Hopefully, I can get a, enough volume with that. I know it's it does really restrict your volume when you target it in really close. Um, but yeah, cool. so we'll see where that goes. And uh, I also had an update too on the. Um, the main product of product sonar. Um, uh-huh. So I have the, the main product of product sonar is for um, hardware stores, like you were talking about. And uh, the association, one of the associations I've been working with last week had a big conference and uh, I wasn't able to be there, but they were, um, they were talking amongst each other and um, they're really excited about it, which is really cool. Um, so it looks like that's moving forward and, the right people are getting excited about it and hearing good feedback from others. So nice, nice. Is this the one? Did you price it out yet already, too, or are you still kind of in limbo with that? I did uh, give some rough pricing to them. I have to still decide on a promotional rate for them, mm-hmm. but the uh, the main pricing is there for them. Yeah, and like this is like it's kind of weird because it's like an enterprise sales process with these people. So I'm, right. I'm imagining it's going to be a few months yet before I really see some traction there. Right. Right. Cool. Exciting. Exciting. I know that was one you've been waiting on. We've, I think talked about how to price that one in the past. I don't remember if it was exactly on the pod or just in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah. I did have to put quite a bit of thought into the pricing and um, I found actually that my, I was so worried about pricing that I really optimized some of my uh, some of my costs, and mm-hmm. uh, the costs are just coming in so low right now that I'm just like, why am I worrying about this? Like, let's you know, let's get some customers right. and worry about that. Right, you're more worried about your cost margin side, which 
I mean, it's one of the advantages of SaaS, although like for you, it's there are actual more material costs. Like and everyone's SaaS is, you know, a little a little different. There might be other external services. Some things are more bandwidth heavy, some things are more like storage heavy, but I think you have like yeah. there's some real material costs as well. So yeah, exactly. And I was pretty worried about the unit economics of it, and uh, it looks like that's going to work out just fine. So, yeah, try selling e-commerce, right? And then you really worry about unit economics, <laughs> like with at least mater- cost of goods sold type of things. Right? Yeah. Well, it probably it probably was like looking back, it probably was a good exercise to try and optimize that, just because the, uh, you know, like if if the unit economics aren't going to work, then you know why chase all of these enterprise type clients right and spend all that effort but they're they're within such a reasonable rate now that it's like oh let's just not worry about that for a little while no you're right it's it's a great it's a great exercise to go through anyway i mean even from a like what will someone actually pay for this what will it be worth to them types of things and just at the at least it's nice now knowing you went through that so you have a level of confidence and and actually you know pretty probably a relatively decent margin to work with within that within mm-hmm. those constraints yeah. but yeah like that's i mean i know everyone's i don't, I don't want to dunk on them because i don't want to but if you've seen the stuff on fast <laughs> have you seen <laughs> any of that stuff no. going on no so there's a there's a one click i think it's like one click checkout software platform built on top of stripe and i think stripe even like Vist, like like funded their Series A or something. Um, okay, and uh, I think it was just reported something like that. They're that they are closing. They're closing down, but it was like the numbers, and I, I don't have them offhand, and didn't really mean to bring this up, but it's sort of relative. It's like you know they were like I think I don't know. I think they were valued at. I don't know, some billions of dollars or something like that for the past couple of years in their last funding rounds or whatever it was. But essentially they had like $600,000 in revenue last year. And it was like, it was like one of these ones where like they have, they have like 500 people and it was like this very, you know, so talking about unit economics, again, everyone does things different. Everyone has it. But this was one of those true cases of where people are like, how did, how did it, how did it get this far like yeah for so long like everyone's always about especially with vc and those types of things is like well if you don't charge yet you kind of don't know what it's worth like it's it's sort of a mystery and it could be billions it could be whatever right so just yeah, yeah. got me thinking in the in the in the terms of like unit economics but not really for them because it if they got it to work and they did the right things. I think there is a market there. Like there's plenty of cust- there's plenty of software out there. I think Bolt is a big one. The ones that are doing really well with like these one click checkout mm-hmm. platforms, especially in the world of um, you know, e-commerce, because one of the big things also in this general news, only because I looked at this lately, but like Shopify launched something not too long ago, which again was like a one a one-click checkout thing. If you imagine mm. putting that in people's in- Instagram profiles, so it's like, hey, I'm an influencer or whatever, and I have these, those, uh, what are the, like, bio links or link, link tree. tree. Yeah, those types of things. And just being able to, like, one-click buy things. Mm. Like, you can imagine how 
powerful that is in terms of, you know, you were even talking about ads and how much ad copy and then they click and then they have to fill out a form and all of those are pieces of the funnel to get dropped off of. So, yeah. yeah. Cool diversion. Yeah. So what was, uh, what did you want to talk about today as a new sort of thing? Uh, I didn't have anything. So no, I didn't. I think, I think we had, we had a mix up in our conversation about what we were going to talk about, which is fine. Mm. Um, but I, I think it was mostly because you, I was referencing the thing you were just talking about, which was like the, the, the pivot idea that we had from before. And you were saying earlier in the week, you're like, oh yeah, I've been tinkering with that. And I'm like, great, that'll be a great topic for, for our, uh, for, for the podcast this week. So yeah, but I think we were looking at another another spinoff, right? We were looking at a spinoff of like like kind of like the Scraping Bee playbook, right? Scraping Bee kind of started out as a, an e-commerce. Um, they started out as an e-commerce scraper and they decided to go generic because um, they weren't able to get enough customers for what they were going for. So they just made a, uh, a way to render an HTML page and to extract some data from it very easily. And sell that mm-hmm. to developers, and now they're they're you know sailing off into the sunset. It seems from this point, um, and so we're talking about like you know is there is there a place for product sonar to compete with that, or is there some sort of spin uh, off that, in that direction? Yeah, I guess it, yeah. There's multiple directions that could go. I guess it got me thinking just looking at um, scraping B and and how they've done pretty well and just. Again, thinking of like, yeah, that that there's that idea. You're right. It was thinking if there are other problems you've solved in scraping because you've got your head deep into those areas now that could also be a little more niche I guess. Like who, who the problems you've solved for your type of scraping that you've done, like Mm-hmm. Who else could that be useful for? And you, you know, we know where Scraping Bee is. I think in general, they've like, they've gone like full API, like like that type of mode. Um, mm-hmm. Which maybe you could do too, but it could be. I don't know if you would be competing with them, or it would be like, how could I? What are some of the things I've done well, and would be almost segmenting that type of market, right? So that that was the general one. I don't know those areas, so I don't know what you've done, what things you can do really well that are more challenging to solve for other scraping yeah. types of things. So, well, there's, there's a kind of a few ways I thought of it. Like, um, there is a lot of the, um, a lot of the network, um, the, the network cloaking, like the VPN style, um, services out there that have offered like value ads where they do, um, they'll do the scraping for you. Or they'll do like uh, Google search result lookups or um, like Facebook um, scraping if you wanted to do something like that. Um, but they all offer it as like this in in software type thing, like it's a value added service and they charge mm-hmm. through the nose for it. I wonder if there's like something there where like you could offer this as a, you know, a licensed thing that... Um, people could use instead of having to rely on the scraping service of someone else to do that part. So li- like licensing the data instead? No, licensing the the software to do the extraction and to do the bot uh, the bot avoidance. Hmm. So there's 
like the VPN provider is providing a lot of the bot avoidance with some of these value right. add services. If you could extract that out as uh, its own thing, and you could hypothetically, if you if you got all of the or a decent chunk of the customers that are currently paying for the value added services from all of these different VPN providers, you could pool their re- that resource to make a better um, bot avoidance system or something like that. I don't know. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you're like, cause you're talking about just all these different things in the stack to do scraping, right? Like, mm-hmm. and what's funny is you're going opposite direction. My thought was like, how can you, how can you get away from the, like selling the scraping and just selling the data? <laughs> right. Cause then you get into yeah. markets like built with, right. Like they're where essentially they are, scraping and looking up but then they're matching up with like what technologies people use and so they can build lists for outbound people that say these are all the people using hubspot in your region or whatever right so that's that was like going up the data stack like up the how can i sell this and then you went the opposite direction which is interesting which is like scrapers in the middle but then like Mm -hmm. what do scrapers need and it's like vpn and it's like okay of the vpn market how many are yeah. actually scrapers? Now, could I bake a better, like, like you're almost segmenting yeah. the VPN market. Instead, you're going, how can I make a VPN that is best tuned for scrapers? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing the thing is, though, like, that's kind of the scraping bee playbook, right? They were trying to sell the data, and um, they weren't able to do that. Like, the, for, they were trying to sell niche data, they weren't able to sell that niche data, so they decided to build. Well, like, what do developers need? And so they built the what do developers need to um, do that. But I, I see what you're saying though. If you went the other way, if you became the the scrape anything, any sort of data type of uh, company, I think you could do that. But there's, I think there's quite a few competitors already in that market, and it's also like very specific, right? Like. Um, you know, maybe everybody cares about the price of Nike shoes, but maybe they don't, right? And so how many of these lists are you going to make um, in order to to be able to sell it, right? Right, right, right. Or, or can you target that person? And well, the other part is like, can you, like, how can you make that, if you want to first find the data that's going to be valuable, right? Like the the built with one is interesting because, you know, everyone's always trying to get more data intelligence on businesses, like to sell them B2B software. So that mm-hmm. has a high value. So that's like a real winner in that, in that area. We know why. Um, but yeah, it's like, and, and what is their angle? Like they also have, they know what scripts and what things are on what pages. So like they've done, the dirty work of like knowing if you have a script that looks like this from this server, from this IP, from this domain, yeah, you use you use HubSpot, right? Like it's yeah. it's easier. They, their 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 magic isn't in the scraping. Their magic is in that like knowing knowing the intelligence of what that that those scripts yeah. are from. Yeah, and I guess with like built with though, it's like a very specific use case, right? Like there's mm-hmm. that's a limited. Um, and I think that's what kind of makes it work for this whole scraping thing is that you kind of need it to be pretty specific. Otherwise it doesn't work um, because you have to be able to extract the data from these different places and do a decent job of it so that people are willing to pay you instead of writing their own little thing. Right. Right. I, w- I wonder if there's something where like 
um, if you made like a, um, a no code way to scrape stuff, right. That you, you would maybe have like an extension on Chrome and you could, you know, go to Amazon and highlight the title and highlight the price and say, you know, I want this for, I want you to monitor this page or I want you to monitor, like, I want you to get all of the listings um, for these search terms or something like that. And it would be like a no code way to do that. And it would just like send you a spreadsheet or something. Hmm. Interesting. So instead it would use your own computer. So you're not worrying about the VPN and the bot, the bot detection. So essentially you are, you're just like, no, I think, no, <laughs> no, I think, I think you would just use, use Chrome, the Chrome extension to be able to like, tell it what you want to do. Uh, okay. what, once you've tell, told it like how to do it, then it go then it runs on like our infrastructure or whatever to, cause you can't, you can't scale. just crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you can't, you can't do scale on your own personal machine. Otherwise you're just going to get blocked. Oh yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try? I, I've gotten blocked when I was, I when I was saying, developing. Go ahead. That's what makes, that's where this value is on the service, right? On, on yeah. like the, the volume, right? That could be interesting. Like, isn't there services already that do, like you can monitor specific elements of a web page? I forget what that one was called. Yeah, it was I interesting. I think I think we also threw this idea around. I think we threw this idea around a year ago, right? Like when you were looking at just, uh, I think it was in our whole uh, idea and distribution, like fun game last year where we had like, you come up with different ideas. And I, what's funny is how these things circulate back, right? Like, yeah, I think in our Slack chat, we, in the, in the, in, at some point I mentioned like the need for seeing when uh, like website pages made or like elements shift. So it's like, you can sort of like the way back machine type of thing, but like doing a diff of like visual changes on a website. Yeah. And, and I think we talked about it last year and then, you know, it hit me again and I mentioned it in that, in our, in a Slack group about, about that idea as well. But again, it's all scraping stuff. It's all like diffing. It's all, how do I do something at scale or have it back and monitor something so that I know when something is different? Yeah. I guess, I guess the, the problem that I'd still have to figure out is like, who actually cares about that stuff? Like who are the people that would use that and where can I find them and how much will they pay? Right. Um, cause like until you have that, like, it's like, there's no point, right? Yes. Yes. So yeah, you have to find a person that obviously even in the early days that it's worth a good amount to, to, mm-hmm. to solve for them. Like, Hey, this causes real pain. This causes me loss of customers. This causes me like security breaches. This causes me like where, where, and, and I'm willing to fork over money to make this problem go away right so yeah yeah exactly hmm. anyway well, that's interesting cool. enough on the scraping i have another one for you okay okay so uh what's funny is like i think this was again you know i live a lot in twitter these days but i think uh you know peter levels tweeted out something like hey i've got this spreadsheet and i need to fill it with this data essentially like related to, I think it's inflation information. And he even mentioned, he's like, I'll pay someone to go do this. 
And it was, okay. I think, a tweet this literally this morning. And, and um, you know, I commented and I'm like, is it like, you know, he's like, it's multiple, it's like 50 different sources. Like, oh, they don't have an API, question mark. Is this just a, now is this an opportunity for someone? Like how, and and I kind of followed up with another tweet and I joked, it's like, hey, it's like, takes take scraping B and an air table and you've got an MVP of this plus Peter levels can be your first customer. I kind of like threw that out there. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. It's like, again, like how many of these businesses it's like, you talked about no code, right? You talked about, it's like, okay, how can I, you know, this, this ultimate SaaS business is how can I scale the boring things and have it do, do the things for you. And, and give you give you the value, give you the things that you are, you know, looking to do that are horribly annoying to do manually. Yeah, well, and I think like the what you're talking about patching together this existing software, I think that's a really good idea too. Because you, as long as you can put a layer on top of it so that the customer doesn't know what's hiding under the surface, that's such a good way to be able to like try out something without having to spend you know months of learning how to do scraping and all of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, that's, that's the, the beauty of all the stuff that's out there now. And I think reminded me again, like someone asked me the other day, um, like how long it took to get from like essentially like first line of code to paying customer. Mm -hmm. And I had to think about, uh, and I was like, oh, well it took, I was like, yeah, it took like about maybe, you know, 18 months or something. And they were kind of like, Whoa. And I'm like, yeah, but this was also, you know, eight, eight years ago or so. Like there yeah. weren't, there weren't as many no code tools. Also, I was like doing it nights and weekends. It wasn't, no one yeah. was pushing this, this, this narrative more of like get MVP, like glue it together with, uh, you know, sticks and tape and whatever. And then just like line up Stripe to start charging and then like have a working functional, like, it delivers value type of MVP, but it's literally built with like Bubble and Airtable and all these these no code tools just to deliver the conceptual value. Then go build out the thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that works like for most things, right? As long as you can, as long as it's flexible enough for what you need to do. Like, I think that's the thing I always worry about. It's like I'm going to rely on this service, and then it's going to like just you know, botch this one thing that's really important to me at the 11th hour or something like that. I think I just have like a, uh, too much fear of that. Yeah. I mean, that, that it's a real fear. Right. And I guess in the early days you have, you're kind of in this cavalier, eh, what's the worst that can happen? I have to refund that money, <laughs> you know, but, but uh, like you said, is like, you know, which tracks back to your like VPN, a specific VPN for scrapers. And it does make me think like if someone is going to build a scraping business, like, you know, how much dependency do they want on this, this VPN specific scraping thing where on the back end, I could swap out any VPN software if I really mm -hmm. want to, I'm not really wed to this one specifically right so it does lead you to sometimes over engineer things but also or to be like i'll just build this and it's a trap right sometimes sometimes it's a trap yeah. sometimes it was the right thing to do right it all it always matters so yeah yeah for sure yeah that is a tricky one to figure out yeah like one thing we overbuilt a bit um 
is like a we we built our back end we you know we'll send emails with our referral software mm-hmm. um but we built it to essentially use at least two two different um email service providers on the back and it literally can swap with like a you know a bit flag and mm-hmm. uh and it, it to the point of where even all the webhooks coming back we like retranslate those like you know one webhook provider has 50 different statuses another webhook provider uh, of email stuff has a different set. And then we have like this, you know, massive, uh, you know, case statement that retranslates it into like our own set of statuses <laughs> so that we can say like, anytime of these five happen, that really means a click or anytime this means it means it's unsent, like yeah, yeah. things like that. So, uh, but we over-engineered that quite a bit, but it's <laughs> one of those ones where you're like, Hey, if you ever get, you know, flagged for spam or whatever, all these things. So it is definitely playing a, a nice role because I'm sure something, well, there have been some things that have happened and it flipped to the other one and email still got sent. So yeah, it, yeah. Did, sa- it did save us. We, now we're not an email service provider. No one probably would have like, like quit our service because we didn't deliver those emails. But hey, you know, it, it worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was probably fun to build, I'm sure. We like these problems. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, All right. Cool. Well, what else you got? Is that about it? Uh, baby, baby duty. Uh, still working yeah. with uh, with all your with product sonar. We're trying to iterate on that a bit, but it seems like you have a couple buns in the oven, but not hopefully not another one just yet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bad jokes today. <laughs> Uh, I actually have a fun story about products owner. Um, I was trying to work with these. Um, I've been working with these at associations, right? Um, they're kind right. of the, the, all these stores get together and they, they, um, they share knowledge through the association and whatnot. And uh, so there's two associations, one in Eastern Canada, one in Western Canada. And uh, I definitely botched a few things in trying to, these, these associations really don't like each other. And, um, I'm trying to talk to both of them, right? And come to some sort of happy medium. And when one hears that the other one is being spoken to, there's all of this tension and stuff going on. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit much, it's a bit much to manage all that. And they've made a few blunders already with it, but <laughs> hmm. now how can you use this to your advantage? Can you be like, Hey, which is the big one? Do you want an exclusive deal that like, <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of have already used it to my advantage in terms of just um, making sure I talk to both of them. So they're both um, wanting to be the first. And mm. um, there's definitely one of them that I want to win. Um, but if the other one, you know, it's just, you know, I'll, I'll do business with the both of you. But, um, you know, you both got to be on on board and like, let's move things forward here. Let's not just let this sit. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Interesting. But that's all. Interesting that's dynamics. All, oh yeah, for sure. Do you have anything else for today? No, I, th- I think that's about it. So, cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, all right. See you next time. See you next time. Later, Nate. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four 
SAS, or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.